Joining us now, he is the director of golf at Glen Arbor Golf Club, and he was the low PGA professional at the PGA Championship. Rob Labridge joins us. Rob, welcome into the golf shop. Gentlemen, nice to be here with you. Yeah, so um, it, w- number one, is this your first PGA Championship that you've played in? Actually, no, this was my sixth PGA. Oh, wow, wow. man. <laughs> so it's like old hat, but is this the one that's closest to home, maybe? Yeah, this one was, uh, you know, it's at the Bethpage Black Golf Course, as you guys know, uh, which is um, in Farmingdale, New York. It's also the host site of the New York State Open. Um, so I've played in the New York State Open probably since 1997. Uh, we play three rounds a year on that golf course with, uh, and also uh, Pro-Am. So actually four rounds a year if you play in the Pro-Am. So very familiar with the black. And to see it play in these major uh, championship conditions these last four days uh, was just something that you can dream about because it's one of the most spectacular places on the planet. Well, I tell you, on TV, that, that it just looked perfect. I mean, absolutely perfect. Were the greens as good as they were talking about, Rob? Yes, the, and perfect is, is the word. The greens rolled like you were on a pool table. Uh, the fairways were tight. The grass was um, was just, just jammed in there with Poana and Rye, and it was just really tightly packed. And it was nice. we had a ton of rain before the event even started. So uh, just incredible, incredible conditions. Yeah, I mean, how would you say the four days played? I mean, we saw... I, I, I don't quite remember when you finished yesterday. I mean, yes, I, I don't remember when you finished Sunday. Was it getting more difficult as the day went on? Or kind of give me a feel for how it was when you started around versus when you finished versus when the leaders finished. Okay, so uh, yeah, if you want to go to the final round, it was um, the beginning of the week actually was really cold, and we played it all the way back. It was like 50 and raining. So it played at 7,500 in the rain, and it was cold. <laughs> By Sunday... Uh, the wind had dried it out a bunch, and um, the wind was what I call an unfriendly wind at Bethpage. When the wind is blowing into you on the whole first hole, it's it's brutal. But if the wind's blowing over your shoulder on the first hole, over the clubhouse, um, the golf course can play easier, but the finishing holes are very demanding, 16, 17, and 18. Yeah. So by the end of the day, the wind was really kicking. I finished probably around you know, 12 o'clock or 1240, I tee off at 840 in the morning. So maybe one o'clock. Um, and, uh, by the time that the rest of the guys went out, it got, it got pretty nasty out there. It was nasty for me the last three holes. Yeah. It, it looked like at three or four o'clock, it was just howling out there and coming from every different direction. It was just, yeah, it looked so difficult. So 15 played back basically, uh, right. In, or I'm sorry, 15 played straight downwind. And then uh, 16 coming back into the wind at 490 uh, with a pretty narrow fairway. Um, and it's hidden right into you. I mean, even if you hit the fairway, you're going to have 220-something into mm-hmm. the green. Um, and then uh, 16 or 17 would play, you know, hardcore left-to-right wind, which made that green, since it's so narrow, extremely hard to hit. Um, and then 18 played right back up into the teeth again. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, it, it, and the thing was, too, it looked like that there was some heavy gusts of wind and then all of a sudden the wind would lay down for a second. So a lot of times, you know, I always say, and everybody knows it, that uh, that we as golfers love playing in any conditions except wind. I mean, rain doesn't bother us, cold, hot, none of that stuff bothers us. But when you start getting wind that's up and then gusting and laying down and gusting and laying down, that's when it becomes difficult. Exactly, especially when it gusts and lays down from a different direction. And not an opposite direction, but just out of a different instead of you know instead of coming from the north it might have been coming from the east 
So that changes your, your entire club selection. It could be downwind or into the wind, and all of a sudden you're crosswind, which is going to make a big difference in a major championship. Yeah, so when we look at this, I mean, uh, you know, rounds of 75, 69, 74, 72. Um, obviously, people would say the 69 was probably the best round, but was the 72 yesterday pretty sporty? 72 yesterday was sporty. I, was, I felt really comfortable. Um, you know, as the week went on, I got more and more comfortable um, and I was actually playing pretty solid. I, I bogeyed my last three, and I three-putted 18 uh, from 39 feet because I wanted to hear the cor- crowd roar one more time, so I kind of <laughs> gassed it by the hole. Um, but it was, uh, it was I don't have to say, my second round to make the cut, you know, shooting 69, uh, just playing as gritty as I could to kind of get the job done, and then, um, you know, climbing the leaderboard for that local, pref- low club professional honor on Sunday was, uh, was a good feat as well. But just stayed nice and calm and enjoyed every second of it, interacted with the crowd, took some pictures. It was just an amazing experience. Rob, as, as the low club professional, what do you get uh, as being the low player? I got this nice, beautiful Waterford crystal bowl. Um, right. And uh, there's a few things that come with it uh, when it comes to Q schools um, and next year's PGA uh, Professional National Championship, uh, which we're going to be, we don't have to qualify for. And some other so, so you so you do have finish. to qualify next year um, to get in. You don't nope. get you don't get an exemption. Yeah, that's we don't get an exemption back okay. into the PGA Championship. But um, I think that we should talk about that if they get to your low club professional and he makes the cut. Yeah, and he's the low club pro. You know, you should give him a spot in the following year's PGA Championship. Absolutely, yeah, that would be a great incentive. Okay, Rob. So the so the best ten handicapper handicapper at Glen Arbor. What's he going to shoot out there? Uh, the best team handicapper in these conditions that I just played in this yeah, week. Right. <sighs> Man, is he a long hitter? Is he a short hitter? I mean, I don't, you got to give me a little he, more info. Well, I don't think he breaks a hundred. I mean, that's just what I'm thinking. But um, it, it, it really just depends. There's because there's, you know, if you if you hit it in the fairway, you're going to be okay. If you go down the fairway and you go down the fairway again, you get it on the green, you're okay. But if you hit it left or right, yep and you're just off the fairway, you try to go over something, it could go anywhere. <laughs> and then you get yourself out of position again, and it's just, and you've got that long shot again in front of you. It's just a crazy golf course. Is that, Rob, is that kind of the thing? Because I've played Beth Page Black twice, and uh, I, I always joke because the first day I played it, um, it was it poured down rain for 17 of the 18 holes. The second day that I played it, it was obviously a little bit uh, wet from the day before, but the sun was out and it had started to dry out a little bit. And and I almost felt like it, I played better the first day because I knew if I hit it in the rough and there's really only a couple holes where you get to run it up onto the green, everywhere else the fairway stops. So you, you pitch it out and then you you try and throw a dart and make the par. Whereas the second day you're like, ah, you know, I mean, it's not as bad. And, I, I you know, you try and get it there and then next thing you know, you're struggling to make bogey. So uh, is that kind of the case, is that if you do miss the fairway, you really have to consider your miss because it, the rough is th- so thick and you got to figure out, okay, if I take a rip at this, what's the worst that can happen? Yes, uh, and, and the tour players are so good with their wedges because they hit it so far that I think when you challenge a, a course like Death Page, even if you hit it a little bit offline as far as they do, you're still going to find yourself in really nasty positions that you can't control your golf ball out of. So, you know, challenging the, with the, like 18, you know, that's a perfect example. You try to take on those bunkers, you hit it left or right. Even though you got wedge in your hand, the grass is so, so 
thick and lush down there that it's, you can't control the ball to a firm green. Um, and you can get these little wispy little pieces of, of fescue that pop up too, that just grab your club. It's just a, it's, it's an amazing golf course. <laughs> well, yeah, we saw that from Harold Varner. I mean, just trying to wedge out on number four and he almost hit himself in the left knee with the shot, you know, I mean, <laughs> really and lost the ball for all my, I mean, I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a tour player lose a ball in a major championship in that you know, when he just didn't hit it into a, a, a group of trees or something like that. You know, I mean, it was just the strangest thing. But uh, so, you know, you, you from what I've seen, you get to play a little bit here and there, um, you know, being the director of golf. I mean, what kind of what kind of time do you have to split between uh, duties at your home course and being able to get to go play? So, yeah, I actually, uh, you know, I have a pretty regimented lifestyle. I get up pretty early. I work out with my trainer. I have two children. I have a 16-year-old and a 5-year-old. So uh, I'll work out my trainer for an hour. We'll get some breakfast going for the kids, you know, 15, 20 minutes, get them on the bus. I generally head over to the club, uh, start to get things rolling over there, um, check in with the team, uh, maybe teach a few lessons or definitely teach a few lessons, uh, take a few hours in the afternoon where uh, I'm checking on my team again, as well as, you know, maybe getting a few hours of practice in or an hour of practice in. Uh, we'll usually teach a few more hours of lessons, um, practice uh, a few more, check in with the team one more time, and then go home, have uh, dinner with my family, rinse, wash, repeat. So it's uh, a long day, Rob. It's uh, but it's okay because you know if you find something that you love yep. and you love to do it, you're gonna make it part of your life and part of your lifestyle, and that's what we've done. Um, after you signed your scorecard, did you? I'm sure you were somewhere where you could watch the rest of the tournament. Um, we had a we had a conversation before the show. Um, where do you think Brooks won that golf tournament yesterday? Well, I think, you know, he, he showed some grit, especially down the last few holes. However, you know, DJ was putting a little bit of pressure on him. Yeah. And he, he made a few bogeys coming in, too. So I think that gave, uh, you know, Brooks a little more, more breathing room because no one else was really chasing him. So, you know, without the pressure of DJ, Brooks kind of just, did his deal. Yeah. Uh, made a few more pars coming I, I in because thought, that's what thought, you need to do. I kind of thought it was the drive at 16 where he just he just hit it center cut in the middle of the fairway. I, I thought that might be where he just said, okay, I've had enough. I'm going to go ahead and take this thing by the horns and win it, you know. so. Yeah, I mean, that was a gutsy drive, especially on that hole under the wind. Um, that was solid. Yeah. I, I have to agree with that. Pretty solid. All right, you so know, 17 – Yep. 17 is not an easy shot either. Uh, no, I mean, there aren't too many easy shots coming in on that golf course. And, uh, you know, you get a little bit of a break on your way out, and then in the middle it's it's brutal, and then you get, a you know, a few, a few you know, I mean, like you said, I mean, if you hit the fairway on 16, it's, it's not that hard of a second shot because it is one of the few holes that you could actually land it short and kind of scurry it up there if you want to. And then 18 is not the longest hole. But provided, I mean, look at Lucas Glover back in 09. I mean, Lucas Glover had a lead and, and hit six iron off the tee and hit nine iron in. And Brooks Kepka said, the heck with it. I'm bombing driver out yeah. there, and I'm just going to try and make five no matter where I hit it. So, And he almost well, got himself into a bat. A very full, that was a from a forward tee. I mean, yeah. the tee up in the U.S. Open was uh, like almost three tees up. Right. They were trying to make the guys maybe go for the green. We're, you know, we were you know, on 16, too. You know, when it's into the wind like that it's hard to get something or even chase up on those greens because yeah. it's, it's blowing so hard at you. But I, I, I yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, so what's next for you? So uh, we have the uh, Westchester PGA championship coming up here. I missed the U S open qualifier by a, by a shot or two shot a oh. couple under and didn't get through. Uh, so uh, then my season goes uh, the usual, the Met professional championship, the Met opens, 
the New York State Open, uh, the Westchester Open, um, the Westchester PGA, which I mentioned, um, the, our Met, uh, section professional championship. Uh, I'll play a few state opens mixed in uh, time this year, um, and I've got a great team to help me. So uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Awesome, man. Well, Rob, we appreciate you taking some time out and talking to us about your experience at the PGA. My pleasure being on your show, and uh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Rob. Talk to you later.